Yo, Ryan Hartley here, and welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. If this is the first time that you'll be spending time with us, let me just say thank you for taking the time out of your day. I hope that you leave any time spent with us, leaving better in your heart and your mind. I'd love it if you pushed subscribed. If you want to share with anybody in your network, please feel free to do that. Don't feel compelled. But what you're going to hear in the next half an hour are some life lessons from Disney's soul. Everything that I do here at Always Better Than Yesterday is to try and help you be better in your heart and in your mind in some way. And sometimes that means sharing life lessons from Disney. Feel free to check out the rest of this podcast. There are over 110 interviews with inspiring people on the interview sessions and many, many other episodes short in terms of two, three minutes to, to give you a short burst of inspiration in your heart and in your mind and some longer sessions, a bit like this, to really dig into some practical uh, tips, tricks, lessons that will absolutely leave you better than you were yesterday. So thank you for taking your time spending with us. I'll hand over to me now as I record this session live within our Facebook community. I hope you enjoy it's life lessons from Disney's soul. Always love. Yo, Ryan Hartley here from Always Better Than Yesterday. Welcome to life lessons from Disney's soul. Um, and, and welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday community. If this is your first time here, as I say, I'm Ryan Hartley, the founder of Always Better Than Yesterday. And we exist simply to help people leave with love and leave a legacy we grow every single day in our hearts and our minds if you are not already part of the facebook we are always better than yesterday community come join us let's grow together let's leave a legacy together and just to let you know if you are watching this on youtube if you're listening to this on the podcast the recording won't be perfect i am currently live within our Facebook community, I will be engaging with the comments and the questions that inevitably are going to come through. Um, so bear with, hope you still are able to enjoy the conversation. Please do ask your questions as we go. If there's anything you'd like to ask, anything you'd like to message, anything you'd like to share in your own reflections, I love to hear that. I love sharing life lessons from Disney. Today's all about soul. The film was released over the Christmas period in 2020. And it tells the story of Joe, the middle school band teacher. His life hasn't quite gone to plan. He's quite unfulfilled, shall we say. His real passion in life is jazz music. He's really good. He is really, really good. And he gets this one opportunity. He gets this one opportunity to play with this, this, uh, this band. And, um, yeah, the, the movie follows him and, and following to a, another realm. And he has to have the help of someone else, um, has to help someone find their passion. And he soon discovers what it means to have real soul. So please do share this, you know, feel free to share this with someone in your network that loves to uh, learn, grow in their hearts and their minds, particularly around Disney, because that's what we're going to do. Hit the subscribe button, push the bell on YouTube if you're here um, to be notified of any future content. Uh, I really hope that anything that I put out helps you in your heart and in your mind in some way. That's 
all that this seeks to do is to help you in some way. If it's not adding you value, not, not a good use of your time, then do not feel like you need to be there. But here we go. This is what we're all here for. Life lessons from Disney Soul. Lesson number one is in the zone. The movie depicts this kind of meditative state. Uh, it's often described as being in the zone and it's it's where our souls go. It's it's that flow, the space between physical and spiritual. It shows the state that I think that people reach when they're doing what they love. You know, it almost slows down time. Things seem and feel timeless, like they're connected to something bigger than themselves, guided by a higher power. Side note, I shall be interviewing uh, Clyde Brolin, who wrote the book In The Zone, who's interviewed um, hundreds of elite athletes about what it means to be in the zone. So be sure to come back and, and check that interview session with Clyde Brolin in, in, uh, in the future. But that's what I think this film focuses on. And in that state, it, the film is focusing on people finding their spark, their spark, or, or in my language, doing what you love, um, being the method with which we transcend the physical and the spiritual and go to that place. So after years and years of misery, Joe finally feels like he's living his spark. He gets his one opportunity, tries out for this band. He absolutely goes for it on the piano and he transcends this physical space into um, the zone. He feels like he's living his spark. He's excited. It's almost like he's been brought to life. It's almost like he can see in colour for the first time. And then he falls down a manhole cover. <laughs> Bless him. He's just gotten to a point where he's loving what he's doing. He's feel like he's made it. It falls down a manhole cover and off he goes journeying to the afterlife. And the absolute, like I had to sit up and watch closely as the visual image of Joe journeying to the afterlife. I knew exactly what it was because it was exactly what David Ditchfield described it looking like in his own near death experience i was just like wow like so if you haven't listened to the interview session with david ditchfield hearing about his story of journeying to the afterlife after falling under a train like go and hear how he describes it and you'll see exactly the way that soul depicts the afterlife incredible anyway joe's there he's journeying to the afterlife in this big elevator and he is stressed he is not content he is resisting death there is no peace. And as he says in his own words, I'm not dying the day I got my shot. And I think that's it. I think, you know, one of the regrets of the dying, you know, if you just simply Google the top 10 regrets of the dying, you know, two of them are relevant to how Joe felt in that moment. He hadn't pursued his dreams and he hadn't left the job that he hated sooner, you know, and that's it. The regret of the dying, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to go anywhere because he hadn't lived hadn't lived he had lived but he hadn't lived so that's it in the zone lesson number two for me is the importance of self-discovery so joe leaves the afterlife he's fought his way out of the afterlife but instead of going back to earth he finds himself in this zone called pre-life uh, and it's just like 
the image kind of depicted here is that our souls are designed uniquely before birth. Um, and our souls then come to earth pre-programmed, full of personality, things that we don't, things that we like, things that we don't like, um, our character traits, our strengths, our weaknesses, the things that bring us joy and light us up. And you know, we all have this. We all have this. And I've been thinking about the word calling and a lot of people use the word I, I, I'm, I'm called to do. As if to say there are two groups of people, the called and the uncalled. And I, I just don't believe that's the case. I think we all have a calling. And I think this, this bit in pre-life really brings it to life for us because what makes the difference around calling is those that listen and those that don't those that see, those that pursue, because that's the importance of self-discovery. When your soul comes to worth, it's already pre-programmed with these things that it loves, doesn't love, enjoys. And it's how we respond to the signals when those things happen. Um, the things that bring us joy, the things that excite us, that make our tummies go funny, the things that turn us off, turn us on, they're not random. And if we learn to tune into them, we learn that they are, they're ours. You know, not everybody reacts to the same things that we do. Bethan Laker, she's she's on uh, watching at the moment. She's an adrenaline junkie. She loves going over 100 miles an hour on a motorbike in a safe environment on a racing track. Not everybody feels that way. So is it random that she feels that way? No, I don't think so. I think Bethan has got clear on adrenaline-based activities. That fear-based stuff is something that her soul comes alive with. We all have that, but we all we don't all have the predisposition to go and seek out fear and adrenaline and, and motorbikes. Sometimes it might be creation. Sometimes it might be parenting. Sometimes it might be a type of food, a language, a culture. The difference between those that find it and those that don't are those that listen. The subtlety of that is everywhere. Being still enough to connect with how we think and feel about certain things and realizing they're not random at all and to lean into them, to do more of them because that gives us clues and it reveals who we are. It reveals, you know, who we were made to be and the unique gifts that we've been given if only more people took the time to look within, to see what's already there, the clues that already exist. Because unfortunately for too many of us, they look outside of us. And that leads me to kind of lesson number three, which 22 is a, is a character in the pre-life. And she says this very tongue-in-cheek sentence that you can't crush a soul. That's what earth is for. And that's... That's kind of it, isn't it? You know, you can't crush a soul in, in the pre-life, but that's what Earth's for. And I think there's so much in the way that we live that, that is just damaging for the soul. You know, it is so much in in messaging and marketing that we're bombarded with that is is at its best when it leaves us feeling inadequate. It leaves us feeling like we're lacking things. Everything that we live with is an attack on the soul. Joe and 22 end up heading to Earth, right? In a bizarre set of events, 22 
ends up in Joe's body. <laughs> Joe's soul ends up in the cat. It's hilarious. If you've not seen it, go watch it. But it's the first time that 22 has ever been in her senses. See, here's the thing. Souls um, are disconnected from our bodies. And our bodies are what has senses, vision, touch, taste, hearing. And much of the way that we live life is like an attack on the senses and therefore on the soul. She she first steps out into daylight and is blinded by the light. It's a busy New York street, the noise of the traffic, the hustle and bustle of people, the um, roadworks that are going on, that overload of the senses was an attack on the soul. And I think that's a reminder that the, the environments that we live in, the noise, the pollution, the messaging, it's a great metaphor what's happening for millions and millions and millions of people every single day. You can't crush a soul in the pre-life, but everything that we're surrounded by is slowly and subtly crushing our souls. Poor, that's deep in it. Arlie, are you going to pick this up or what? <laughs> It's a deep film. It's a great film. It's so funny. But there's some real importance here. There's some really important things that we can take away to ease the burden on our souls. There's no surprise um, that a lot of us are struggling in our hearts, our minds, our souls, wherever that might be. And I just hope that this inspires you in some way to think more about it and prioritize your the health of it a little bit more. Lesson number four that I've taken away is you never asked. So 22, she's in Joe's body. There's this hilarious, <laughs> this hilarious scene where Joe is trying to give himself a haircut, but, but bear in mind, Joe's the cat. And the cat tries to just trim his hair. And it's hilarious. And anyway, so 22 goes off to get a haircut to sort out the mess that's been made. And obviously 22 is curious. She's learning more about Earth. She didn't really want to be there, but now she's there. She's alive in her senses and she's curious about the people that she's surrounded with. She's curious about all the other things that she sees and hears and experiences. And she asks a bunch of questions of the barber. She learns so much about him, his experiences, his hopes, his fears, his dreams. And as he, as Joe's body leaves the barbers, he turns around to the barber and he goes, he's like, do you know, like, we've never talked about your life before. How come we've never talked about your life before? And then the barber just says, you never asked. But on this occasion, I'm glad you did. I just think how much of that is a great lesson. Like if we just ask the questions, if we just had the presence of mind and the curiosity of soul to just ask the people in our presence, our curious questions, how much might we learn about them? How much we might we learn about the hopes and dreams of other people? And just enjoy that moment. Food for thought, my friends. Number five. Halt. You might have heard me talk about Halt before, H-A-L-T. And uh, having never experienced senses, 22, she starts to show symptoms of hanger. Joe gets her some pizza. <laughs> she gets some pizza. She's like, oh, it's strange. I don't feel angry anymore. That, my friends, is what it means to halt. If you are hungry, you are angry, you are lonely, or you are tired, you are not yourselves, you are not going to be at your best, you're not going to think clearly, you're not going to make good decisions. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired, do not <laughs> get some pizza. <laughs> number six, or number six, lost souls. I can see that Jess has 
commented about Lost Souls, and it is a key point throughout the film. And and for me, the bit that I've taken uh, around this Lost Souls is that in this flow state that people are trying to continually get themselves in, um, we are given a real chilling description that um, we're reminded that Lost Souls are not too different from those that are in the zone. But when that joy from doing that thing becomes an obsession, an unhealthy obsession, we become lost souls when we disconnect from life. When the very things that bring us joy become such an obsession that it saps the joy from it, we can become disconnected from life and we can become lost soul. Joe becomes obsessed with getting back into his body so that he can live his spark, so that he can live and play that show. He tries to control 22. She's she's out living, you know, trying to experience everything about Earth. She's never been there. She's like a kid on Christmas, just like in the senses. And he's just not helping her experience Earth. He's not helping her find her spark, which was the initial mission. Help her get her spark so that they may return and, and get that pass. And actually, she gets some anxiety around finding her spark. Oh, it's like, I need to find it. I need, I need to find my spark and my purpose. Joe then verbally attacks 22. So you have no purpose. And I'll share more on that in a minute. But this is what focusing on our own needs does. When we become self-obsessed, we become less loving, less compassionate, and we become a more individualistic individualistic society we become islands focusing on our own needs prevents us from loving caring and connection which is why we're here my friends spoiler alert to love and to be loved anyway the irony is joe somehow makes it back to his body he plays the show he gets to the zone he does incredible he goes to the zone and there's this scene after the show he's stood in the street and he's just like been waiting on this day my entire life i thought it would feel different <laughs> after all that to which he is told the tale of the older and the younger fish the younger fish says to the older fish says hey i'm looking for the ocean the uh, the um the older fish says hey you're in the ocean and the younger fish says what this no this is water i want the ocean and I think I had, to, I had to really let that one sink in. I had to let that one sink in. I just think, what that big fish, like big fish, little fish, cardboard box, what that big fish is saying is that, my friend, you already have what you are seeking. If only you just slowed down and looked around, you would realize you already have what you are searching for. And there we go. Boom. Penny is dropping. Left, right, and center, I can hear it. Big fish, little fish. If only we realize that we had exactly what we are searching for and it's all around us. <laughs> Irony. Irony. So here we go. Lesson number seven, just regular living. That evening, Joe realizes that the spark isn't a soul's purpose and nor does the pre-life predestined purposes. He realizes that 22 was just brought so much joy by experiencing all of the things that he had taken for granted. 
she kept asking, could this be my thing? Could this be my thing with such a joy and a vibrancy for life? But it was with such a pressure of, I need to find a thing. And it consumed her. But it really is a life worth living when we realize that it's just regular old living. And this isn't what sells. The reason we're not told this all of the time in the media is because it doesn't sell shit. Hey, by the way, you have everything you need. You do not need my product. It doesn't sell. And the more we wake up to this and realize, the more that we're hopefully susceptible to the messages of marketing when at its best leaves us feeling inadequate without their products. So the more 22 lived in her senses, the more she noticed and realized what brought her soul joy. Your spark isn't for the external things, my friends. It's for the joy of the soul. It's in the everyday, the senses, the ordinary, it's nature, people experiences, the awe and the wonder, the get-tos, not the have-tos, the regular old living. 22 is just experiencing regular life. She's being without expectation. Food, sights, smells, experiences, the sun. That's why so many of us love sunsets and sunrises, the simplicity, the overwhelming awe and wonder, the conversations, the connections, the helping, the laughing, the places we will go nature come on my friends are you hearing me are you hearing me <laughs> are you hearing me number eight i have no purpose oh the burden of those the burden of those four words ouch now, Joe realizes everything and he goes back to search for 22 in his meditative zone state. She had become a lost soul. She becomes so obsessed with finding her purpose and her spark that she had become a lost soul herself. She'd become haunted by those four words that Joe had spoken over her. You have no purpose. She believed it. She didn't trust herself. Who am I to live? No one wants to be in my presence. His words haunted her. If you don't think words matter, my friend, they do. Your words are like the construction industry. They can either build you up or tear you down. Use them wisely. Use them wisely. Hmm. How can you be disconnected from life by searching for your purpose? Well, my friends, it's to feel like it's a burden. But... Lesson number nine, we are given a second chance. Joe helps 22 reconnect to herself. He reminds her what lights her up. He assures her that that purpose isn't what it's all about. It really is just regular old living. He reminded her. And I think that while we don't get the answer in the film, I think the thing that completed her was that she had a passion for life. She had a passion for living. She had a passion for being in the moment. And in doing so, Joe gets given a second chance at life. And when asked what he'll do with it, he says, well, I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is I'm going to live every minute of it. And it takes courage to live. It takes courage to connect with our hearts, our minds, 
our bodies and our souls, the courage to be still, the courage to listen, the courage to look, the courage to try, the courage to get back up, the courage to love, the courage to lose, and the courage to live. You know this, my friends. You know this. In essence, I think what the film is trying to say, come live. Come live to seek joy in the everyday, to enjoy the highs and the lows of life, to be grateful for the sparks in our lives, but not to be defined or distracted by them. To take the pressure off of finding our purpose. Take the pressure off. I've often said you don't need to find your why. Jose Mourinho says pressure. There is no pressure in football. There's pressure in life when, you know, people in Africa have to feed their children. The same is true of purpose. There's no pressure. There's no requirement to find your purpose. Instead, be invited to live, discover and appreciate life in all of its beauty. And that's what gives it meaning, not the highlight reel. So you've been given the invitation. How will you live? Come and join our community if you're not with us already. I might have shared nine life lessons, but unlike a cat, we don't get nine lives. But like Joe, we do get two. Number one is the day that we are born. And number two is the day we choose to live. I hope you accept this invitation. I hope that you feel like you've enjoyed spending time in our company. I hope that you share this with someone who might need to hear this in their heart and their mind and their soul. I hope you keep loving. I hope you keep leading. And I hope you keep living. I've been Ryan Hartley from Always Better Yesterday. Come search us out on Instagram, Facebook, podcasts, wherever you might be. And I hope that we help you in some way. Always love. There we go. I hope that has helped you in some way. Uh, thank you for taking the time to spend it here with us at Always Better Than Yesterday. If you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, hopefully you will now. And go and check out the rest of the content that we put on that purely exists to help you be better than you were yesterday in your heart and in your mind. Feel free to share it. Don't feel inclined to do that, but do come back, spend more time with us, and I hope you leave better than when you found us. I appreciate you. Speak to you again soon. Always love.